two. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the MSP Initiative Live. Today is January 19th, 2023. And here we go. Uh, special guest today, after some housekeeping, Greg Howard from Acronis. So we're going to catch up with, uh, you know, all things happening in Acronis land. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's plenty to talk about. But before we get there, mspinitiative.com, this and every other session we've ever recorded will be there under sessions and be both in podcast and uh, video format. Uh, we have two in-person events this year. So if you followed us last year, uh, we, you know, for the last few years, uh, we were on the road doing, you know, bus life. Uh, we've parked the bus. We are doing two in-person events called MSP Community Minds. Uh, this is where we bring expert speakers from around the industry, and there's more that we're already going to add to this list, uh, who are literally going to come in and talk about a, a, a topic in a category, and then go into a workshop with you to help you actually get past just the idea of, I need to look into something. We want to get past ground zero. So these are two-day events. One's going to be in Dallas, uh, May 8 and 9. Uh, another one's going to be in Denver, uh, August 14 and 15. These are absolutely free to MSPs to join us. Our hope is that you come in and actually walk away with actual tangible things rather than just bullet points on a scribbled, you know, kind of yellow piece of paper that you forget about uh, once you get off the plane or go back to your house. So um, MSP Community Minds, we, we love the MSP Community Block Parties. We're getting really good at these as we've been doing these for years and years and years. So. I think we have four that we've circled on the calendar for this year. I haven't announced that what where they are yet. Some of them, you know, might be obvious, but uh, we're still working out some of the fine details. And once we, um, you know, lock those all up, we will be sure to let you know because seem to only get better uh, as the years go on. Lastly, is our community offer. So we have uh, three right now: Atara, Bvoip, and uh, Equilibrium Consulting. There'll be more coming in here. These are just vendors from around the industry that have raised their hands and said, hey, I want to throw in something, you know, for the community uh, and give them a hand. Here they are. So uh, we'll be adding to these shortly. But uh, MSPinitiative.com, that's where you'll find everything that we do here. So without further ado, Greg Howard, how are you doing today? Good, George. Pleasure to meet you. I appreciate you having uh, having me join your little podcast here. All All good. We, we love to talk about the industry, and I'll for, go out and say I had never been to uh, the Acronis event, CyberFit, down in uh, this past year is in Miami uh, at Fountain Blue. Um, cool event. Like, honestly, had never seen it in person, wanted to get an idea of what was going on there. I was able to hang out there for a day and a half, um, you know, maybe not see the whole thing, but get a pretty good idea of what was going no. on. So really, I really liked it. It was good. It was well done. Yeah, we uh, we spent a lot of time, money, and 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 pretty much three or four months of marketing and sales preparing for that event. But you know, we like to have that one opportunity to engage with the community, um, not just only our MSPs, but the vendors and partners and distributors we work with. Get in front of folks, talk about you know obviously opportunities, but equally challenges. Um, and the venue in Miami can't be beat, right? So the Fountain it, Blue it is, is a it, really cool venue. Yeah. Is do you already know what the dates are for 2023, or is it going to be around the same time? 
so it should be around the same time. We will publish it. We will separate a little bit from the ConnectWise event because we did have, we actually hired a bus to bring people back and forth. I heard that. Yeah. So that was it was, cool. now I heard I wasn't on the bus, but the rumor says that it was a lot of fun. So uh, I'm not quite sure what happened on it, but uh, I didn't get any bad notices from HR. So, so obviously they got there safe and sound. We will space it slightly, but uh, we have an annual release cadence like any software or services company, right? So we want to maintain that, make sure what we're communicating out into the industry is realistic. Uh, so yeah, I would expect it in the same month. Um, as far as venue, um, once it's available, we'll push it out through social media. Obviously, our LinkedIn pages and well, that's one and the same news news articles and such. But we expect to have some great folks attend. I hope you can make it again, George. We had Magic Johnson. Oh, I definitely was, like it was amazing. By the way, good idea to kind of put some distance in the two between the two major events. I know some people just couldn't get out for the whole week, so I know that just comes down to logistics and you yeah. planned ahead of time, and you know that's how it goes. But yeah, I plan I plan to come for sure. I think it was like I said, it was really well done i mean i've been to hundreds of events yeah. over my you know my career so far in it land and uh that was that was very well done you guys did a great job um good and actually a pretty heavy international mix right i don't know if what the actual percentages were but i kind of feel like it was like you know so you got some latin american people you got some europe and and like you know surrounding area people and then the rest were from north america i don't know was it at 50 50 you, you know north america versus yeah. not if you look at us as an organization, we're extremely global. Um, yes, we are very large in the U.S. and it's about half of our revenue. But most of our executive team uh, is actually in Europe. Um, and uh, undoubtedly, when we invest in every market. So um, we have offices in South Africa. We have a lot of offices in Singapore. Um, I mean, Germany, we're throughout the world. Um, and that's why we hosted it on the East Coast, right, George? So we got good attendance um, from our European counterparts. And then, as you said, LATAM is huge. Miami's an international hub. Um, but uh, I represent the U.S. business, Canadian business, um, some of the LATAM business. But yeah, we're, we take pride in our ability to support MSPs and service providers, not only in the States, but globally, as we're seeing tremendous consolidation. Um, and with that consolidation, my partners are, you know, they've gone from Detroit Metro to now they're in Argentina. I'm like, what, what happened? So um, long story short, it was a good point you brought up there. And uh, it's definitely our vision. We will continue to be a global entity. We're very strong in data protection, having the privacy of the data in their respective countries based on the legislation of the uh uh, of either the state, country, or whatever governmental structure is crucial to our success. Totally understand. Uh, and thanks for that feedback. So before I get too deep into their Corona story, like, <clears throat> you know, you got see Jacksonville Jaguars behind you. You guys <laughs> sponsor a lot of MSPs. I don't know what the criteria is, but I see a lot of people partnering up with you to do kind of major, you know, kind of sponsorships of sporting events. I know you did a thing down at F1 this past year. I heard, you know, a lot of great feedback about that. I know you guys have different, like, you know, different people in different metros or like the sports teams, the football teams specifically, like the Jaguars. By the way, you know, as an Eagles fan, really love that Doug Peterson has found a new home. And look at that, you guys. I like Doug. So he's a good dude. Yeah. Well, next time you're in Philly, let me know. We haven't got the Eagles done yet, but I'm confident we will. Yeah, um, I live. Yeah. I live here in Philly. I'm a season ticket holder. Trust me. Oh, I, all right. Well, I'm in Central I'm Jersey. Leading so green. Not over far. Here. 
Yeah, I'll be um, at the I'll be at the game this weekend, Eagles Giants in Philadelphia. Well, you, you enjoy it. Um, we we have a little twist on that, George. You might see us in a lot of different places, but we do it with partners, right? So historically, with F one was our first venture into sports, and it was a Cronus driven, right? We always want an authentic use case with the with the um, the sporting franchise. With F one, they use our AI technology. They do our data back up with us they do dr some cybersecurity. Um, but now which we've launched in the states 25 teams later um, we do it with msps right so a lot of times those brands on the back back of the red sox uh catcher is our msp partner on the outfield wall of the padres it's our msp partner our belief is we got to drive end user demand through regional partnerships uh leveraging the sports teams gives us a great opportunity for brand awareness uh, as well as credibility. So when we do these relationships, um, uh, which obviously you can find at acronis.sports if anybody wants to look at them, uh, we do it with the MSP and, and we pick the right MSPs that we think could fit the bill and then we market around it, uh, leveraging the sports team. Um, it's an exciting program. I think it's it's differentiated us a little bit. You know, we have very strong competitors. We, we have the Dados, we have the Veeams and the like. We, we said when we sat in our strategy meetings, how can we differentiate besides technology? Anybody can uh, provide you the best software bits. We're trying to help the MSPs grow. And obviously- I, I loved it. Grow I had together. to go. I had to come check it out. Look at this page. This is awesome. Yeah. And, and it's not even updated yet. So we'll we'll do 12 more this year. Um, and um, we're also trying to, because some of these partnerships are extremely you know resource intensive and sometimes a lot of equity goes into it or capital. We're even expanding the program out for even to do some smaller partnerships with minor league teams. And that way we can, we want to service all MSPs, not just the biggest, but we want to service all MSPs. So it's pretty cool. It's exciting. There'll be a lot. It, it's a, the Acronis team up program. And, and it's definitely something that uh, ain't going anywhere. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Because like, it's the obviously there's a huge marketing benefit to that. And, you know, I assume there's a, you know, like not everybody can raise their hand. I, I don't know if there it's a, you know, a, a, an internal kind of sponsorship within, you know, a stakeholder within Acronis that kind of puts an MSP up for one of these, or uh, if it's based on, you know, revenue spend or whatever it is. But clearly uh, I've definitely, I've talked to two of your 25 or so listed and uh, they raved about the partnership. They love the sports thing. Well, I appreciate the feedback, George. Normally, my partners don't rave about it, but that's about me, the program they like, but I appreciate it. Actually, tonight, we have one of our great partners, SourcePass, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with, a very large one. We're doing a joint event at the New York Islanders. So uh, it's also a lot of fun, you know, fun's important. So it's a great way for us to build relationships, not just with our, our vendor manager or product manager, but the entire organization. I mean, the CEO will be there, his wife will be there. So we're all of ours. So a lot of fun, great way to build relationships. I love it. I love it. You definitely are definitely, you know, separating out for sure. Let's talk about the CEO since you mentioned uh, uh, it's relatively new to the organization, right? Last year. I don't know if he's a full year in yet or maybe close to that. So and then along with that was an announcement not too long ago that you raised quite a bit of new money in a new round. So, you know, lots of new things happening, you know, with all of that. Sure. No, I appreciate you bringing that up. So yeah, we brought in our CEO. Uh, he's uh, in Europe, ex-GoDaddy, uh, very familiar with the service provider space, clearly understands uh, global data centers 
with scale and networking, which mind you, most of our backups are in our data centers because we do full-blown DR and backup from them. I do apologize. Um, as well as we do need to make sure that our data uh, is respective uh, from a privacy perspective when we're dealing with government entities. So uh, long story short, um, he's been on board, I think roughly a year. Um, and with the investment money, we are we are all in on delivering what we call cyber protection. Now, that's a that's a category that isn't defined by Gartner, but it, you know we we like to believe we're going to define it in the MSP space. Uh, what we look at cyber protection as is we take the the core backup of data protection, which is our legacy, and then couple it with cybersecurity, and that's cyber protection. So through one agent one API, one UI, fully integrated into your RMM or PSA tool, you are able to cyber protect your customers from a simple local backup to a full-blown DR scenario with runbooks, endpoint security, EDR solution, uh, and we got more to come. We bought multiple organizations that are being built into the mix, um, but we, we are all about making our stack simple for the MSP to use flip of a switch to turn on different products and services and the investment dollars have heavily gone into R&D but trust me this team up program costs money as well so we're pushing the brand we're pushing the brand with the MSP and we're very aggressive with the acquisitions and rolling it into our core platform which we call for MSPs a Corona Cyber Protect Cloud if you guys aren't familiar that that's the brand name for the MSP platform so hopefully that gives you a little background George um, no, and we're over 2,000 employees. So I, I've been here 10 years on and off a little bit. I was 700 before. So I get on meetings. I don't even know who the heck I'm talking to anymore, but we make the best. <laughs> so. That's awesome. No, I mean, obviously, if you go backwards in history a little bit, you know, Cronus was definitely like known for backup. I mean, like it still very much is. I would think that part of what's happening over the last year, two, three has been kind of trying to, you know, kind of not move on from that, say, hey, that's still there. It's a foundation block, but hey, we're changing the story a little bit. I mean, I remember you would just, you know, buy software, install it on your system. It'll be all self-hosted. And, you know, it was, you know, like, you know, a lot of other backup solutions, right? Where like it was more self-maintained, self-hosted on-premise. Obviously the world has changed and cloud has become what it has. Um, you know, a lot have, you know, obviously, as you mentioned before, there's a lot of consolidation in the industry, not just from an MSP standpoint, but also from a vendor standpoint. So, 100%. you know, things have kind of like reopened the door to like evaluating different solutions. And, and probably we all know why. Don't need to go down that road again. Starting a new year fresh, guys, trying to look forward. But, um, and they'll laugh the people that, that, that watch this all the time. But um, talk to us about, you know, Obviously, people are still, you know, I, you would think all this stuff's already in the cloud. It's, it's not 100% true, right? There's still no. a very slow adoption to a certain degree of not SaaS. I think SaaS is, very, is being adopted very well, but cloud infrastructure, right? Virtual desktop, virtual service. There's a hybrid thing going on. I believe that's going to happen for a long time, by the way. You know, like over time, it may shift, but it's still very much still leaning towards premise-based, right? I mean, there's still a lot of gear out there. Talk to, talk to people about, you know, what the options are, right? I think there's a couple of things that I want to throw out there when it comes to how you guys deliver your platform. One, 
hey, is there terms? Like, do you have to lock into a one-year, two-year, three-year, four-year, 20-year? Or like, you know, like, I, you know, always MSPs are worried about if their customer disappears on them. And, you know, we happen to be in a kind of gray area right now where, you know, hopefully the economy doesn't go exactly yeah. the way they say that it will. But, you know, customers may disappear, right? It happens. Uh, and then two, how easy is it to add and remove services, right? Like, do I have to go through a long and drawn out process or is it kind of click and go? Good questions. I'm not the smartest guy, but I, I hope I can get them all. So let's go back a little bit because I think you raised a great point. Yes, we were in the VAR channel. I mean, we we were doing the Veeam. We were doing the Veritas through CDW, Insight and the like. Six years ago, when our founder came back, we refactored the code to be all multi-tenant, multi-tier, brandable, consumption-based. We are totally out of that game for MSPs. So that platform or the Corona Cyber Protect Cloud, it comes exactly to your points. It's easy. There's no SKUs. You just turn it on and off, right? You only pay for consumption. You only pay for the consumption post compression. But at the end of the day, when we made this pivot, we made the decision that the MSPs are going to win in the long run. Um, and that's why we were so aggressive in making sure that the foundational platform had the functions and features they need. They don't need a skew, and then they have to go bill in QuickBooks, and then they have to deploy it, but they can turn it on and off with an agent, and it's in my ConnectWise, or it's in my Datto, and it's fully automated. Um, and then I don't want to pay for stuff I'm not going to use. So we made it all consumption-based. Our partners price 10 terabytes. We all know that the end customer only used five, and then compress it, it's down to three. Your margins are through the roof. So at the end of the day, we try to make it as simple as possible from that from that perspective that it's just it's just on and off. Um, as far as the hardware piece, you know, maybe I different and we could have a drink over this next time, George, and talk about it. I think for our business, the gating factor with hardware is network connectivity and speeds. Right. So now I I I I was born out of the infrastructure world. So I I something I hold close to my heart. And I do believe hybrid is alive forever. But when you look up back up in DR, I think all of that can be sassified once we get the bandwidth that we need in order to have those ability to to spin up locally as fast as you could from one of our clouds. We're obviously not a hardware company. Uh, clearly, a lot of people say, you know, well, you're Datto or a lot of Datto like. Datto has hardware. We believe in our strategy. And again, I will not discredit competitors, wonderful organization. Um, but with our strategy, we give you the freedom of flexibility to do what you want, right? So if you want to buy hardware, you want to put a Synology box there for backup, go ahead. Then you can replicate it to our cloud. You want to have a server there with a little compute resources so you can spin up a VM. You can do that too, or you can replicate it to our cloud. We're going to stay close to that belief set because when we look at it from when I started seven years ago with building out the MSP practice, I would say it was 90-10 appliance. It's 50-50 now. And anybody that's backing up any sort of cloud workload, there's no, there's no hardware. So it, it, it's really changing. I am with you. It's going to be hybrid for a long time, but for, you know, our data protection and, and security business, I, I do believe we're probably three to five years away from that local appliance. Plus, as the younger generation comes up, I know for a fact my son's never going to know what a server is. Although when I was his age, I played with network cables and, and racks down at servers. Sometimes you use desktop. There, 
they're never going to know what it is. The world will be serverless. So we're going through that transition. Um, for our business, we're excited because we think our strategy is the right one for the long term, but also understand we have to be flexible for what our partners need. If you're in Anchorage, Alaska, and you have a thin connectivity, you need an appliance. So that, that's our belief. I hope I hit all the key points for you there, George. Um, but yeah, well, it's, it, oh, the commits, the commits. Yeah. So yes, we have volume-based pricing, but you can start at nothing, okay? So we have multiple distributors we love, Tax8, Ingram Micro, uh, Tech Data, all your big boys, right? You can go on there and start at nothing. You just pay for your agent, use it for your customer. You can even get a free trial for yourself or the customer, which is a nice benefit. And then we do have commit tiers, but with the commit tiers become lower pricing, better support. And then when you get way up and big, you can have the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we build the mag, the the the, the scale to represent all segments of the partners. Right now we have 20,000 partners worldwide. Uh, and we have a net positive change after last year of 2,600. We expect to get 5,000 more this year. Uh, now that's not US, that's worldwide. Um, but, um, you know, our goal is to get to 50,000 service providers and, and, and we're working on it. And, you know, obviously, like you said, the economy is not where any of us would want to see it. Thank God we haven't seen slowdown on, on budgets for backup and cybersecurity yet. Yeah, I would think that regardless of size of organization, if you're not backing your stuff up. I mean, age old tale, right? <laughs> I mean, you're just driving without car insurance waiting for accident to happen so can't avoid that and then cybersecurity, well it seems to be getting worse not better and we all heard about all the insurance things that keep on changing and that it's becoming harder and more expensive and you know if any regulations finally click in because you know they keep on swirling around all sorts of things then obviously that will change the game so what do you tell people about that fear right and and it's not something that you created, think it's, it's, you know, other people stepped into it, but hey, I have all my eggs in one basket. Should I be worried? I mean, I hear that every single day of the week. So undoubtedly, I have some partners that, you know, they don't want everything with one vendor. Uh, and I can understand that. What we believe, though, for convenience, speed, and the ability to handle everything locally without just the cloud, so they're disconnected, you should be more than comfortable with just having a Cronus, right? So not to say we won't play well with others. You got your major providers out there like Sofo, Sentinel One. We test endlessly to make sure that we can coexist. And we also even have an open ecosystem, which we didn't even talk about yet, where we're gonna start pulling in more third-party products so that they become a part of the platform and you can provision and manage them through a Cronus. For hmm. example, we support Intune, we support Microsoft Defender, we, we support uh, perception point email security, and we have some major conversations going on with other folks to integrate to our ecosystem. Having all your eggs in one basket, I don't care what you're selling. That, that's always something you got to consider and think through. Um, we're confident in the, in the way we've developed the code that you can to toggle on and off what you want, what you're comfortable with. We're also going the extra mile to make sure that now, if it's data backup, you can handle it locally if the cloud should be down, but the agent is installed locally. If it if it's DR, you can also have a local plan if the cloud is down. And, and even many of our security product, products can work locally. So um, 
we always are going to recommend multiple um, vectors of defense. Um, and, um, you know, we're not touching every piece, right? But we're most certainly, we're going to launch our EDR product here. We have an endpoint security for quite some time. Our ransomware protection is being OEM'd by some of the major, largest hardware providers in the world. Um, but, you know, there's going to constantly be threats. I mean, we're not solving all those equations. And it's not always a one, you know, there's going to be multiple folks in the entire stack to make sure that the end customer, especially based on what vertical they might be in, is well protected and covered. No, that's fair. So just to be clear, in the 2023 version of the Acronis platform, there is no other than, you know, most softwares have some sort of software that gets installed on the machine, right? I don't care whether it's antivirus, I don't care whether it's an RMM, whatever. So other than your agent, there is no other software management, no other servers that need to be managed. It's all multi-tenanted in your portal, in your cloud. We have no local management servers, nothing to call home to check on SKUs. They're just local, local agents. If you're doing it in a cloud-to-cloud -cloud environment like Azure, we're talking directly to the Azure API. So um, undoubtedly, it, it's very simple. It's lightweight. Um, you're not going to see any overhead hits. And, you know, obviously, if I was to tell you security, there's not going to be some some things that you have to consider. That, yes, if you have all the products and services turned on, they're the kinds of things our engineers can dig into with your technical folks or anybody on the audience. But, yeah, there, that that's another big reason we, we've we moved away from that VAR channel. It, it, it's, it's all multi-tenant, multi-tier. Um, and you can do it even in multiple countries. So... It gives you that complete flexibility. Okay. Um, just real quick before I go into Bruce's question, which is actually a really good one. So let's say you, you talked about your partner that was in Detroit, and then like now they're doing something down in South America. Um, if you do have customers that break, um, you know, country borders, are they still all buying from the same place? Or do they have to turn on different things in different regions? That's a great question. So... Well, we, it depends on the end customer, right? So if the end customer doesn't have to, let's say, deal with some compliancy, you know, a lot of our LATAM customers will just go to our, our Arizona data center and our new one in Miami. But if they are dealing with, let's say, a government entity in Canada, they can have a, a completely isolated environment in Canada, and then they can have a completely isolated environment in the U.S., where nothing's communicating across the border, because obviously some people don't like the NSA when we start talking about other countries. Um, so we most certainly can create those those borders. In fact, in Europe, it's obviously a much bigger problem, but uh, you can have complete isolation from the cloud itself with its management console and keep everything within country. So yes, it depends, though, on the end customer and the convenience of the MSP. If it's a smaller business, if it's a plumber or it's, or you know, maybe a warehouse, they they normally don't care. They care about how fast they can get back. But if it's a province or if it's a, a government entity that's subject to HIPAA, yeah, th there's all different compliance reasons, and we try to guide the partners through that. But you know, partners optimize. They want to optimize every minute they spend on services is money they lose. So we always try to. There's a balancing act there to make sure that everybody's no, happy. That's fair. So Bruce brings up an interesting scenario, or if nothing other than a dilemma, right? So all this time we've been talking about on-site moving to cloud. 
do you envision a world where that reverses, right? If all this stuff's in the cloud, SaaS, you know, cloud infrastructure, bringing that from a backup and redundancy standpoint back down to the local. So his exact verbiage was, the envision a world that uses local onsite BDR appliances to be a repository for the cloud hosted infrastructure and SaaS applications. I mean, it's effectively the reverse. It's like reverse, we right. get gateways in the cloud. Well, do we want to just assume the cloud is backed up? Uh, I just, I don't know if that's the right strategy. I think there has to be, you know, a redundancy regardless of where the workload exists, I think. Right. I mean, we'll support either one, right? The, from our cloud, we would handle the multi-tenancy and the platform itself, but you could just do all your local backs up as if that's something you'd like. We're also investing in what we call cyber network. And I hope that this touches the question where all of our management consoles, as well as all of our backups for an incremental fee, you'll be able to replicate them across multiple data centers and even in other countries. So that is something that's on the roadmap. I, I've been in software 20 years. I'm not going to give you an exact date. So I'm going to say later this year, uh, but it's a highly requested feature uh, and function. Uh, we want all of our 33 data centers globally to be able to communicate in real time um, and also open up direct connects for our large service provider partners or if they have a large end customer that needs it. Um, and so in that, in that environment, you're going to have that redundancy at every level. Um, but at the end of the day, we still do have our traditional product. Like, so I do have customers that want 100% air gap solution. We could still do the, you know, the older way of sending you a SKU, you install it, you have your local management console. Um, it's just not going to. But what really... about the other way? Let's say all your stuff's already SaaS, all of it's cloud, Office 365, Salesforce, QuickBooks, online, whatever, right? I'm throwing some of the smaller business ones, but, you know, different sizes, different companies, right? Could be, you know, um, you know, uh, whatever, pick a big name company. And you know, he's saying, does it make sense from a strategy standpoint in your vision to take that and bring it to a local repository to back up the cloud? Uh, you know, we do see cases and, you know, we, we right now our support for applications in the cloud is a lot of Microsoft centric and, and they, some of them are residing in Azure. So we do pull some of those down and they do keep the copies of those locally or M365. Um, as far as them running the application, and I want to just make sure we're aligned here, obviously that, that, that's still residing out in the cloud, but then mm -hmm. having that copy locally, especially for like FinServe and HIPAA, yeah, we see it quite regularly. Um, and, and obviously they're application aware backups um, and they wanna just have that data instead of sending it to tape or sending it to uh, you know Iron Mountain. Yes, we, we do see that use case. Um, a lot of people though are pushing us for the geo replication, honestly, so that there's just multiple copies of the data in different locations. We can replicate to multiple locations with our underlying virtualization as well. Okay, hopefully that answers your question, Bruce. So some of it's going to be, you know, what's your strategy? Some of it may be customer dependent, you know, but I do, there is, you know, I guess we've gotten an early preview here. Multiple data center replication sounds good to me. Uh, yeah, I know I love to touch the box in the closet, but. I also don't want it to melt down on me or get stolen either. I know we all laugh, right? But I guess it's more relevant if the building burns down. That maybe that's yeah. more <laughs> that's more uh, reasonable of a scenario. But yeah, I mean, you know, big picture. I think part of the problem, Greg, and I mean, listen, we don't have to go too far back in the news timeline to see it, right? All this stuff's in the cloud, but 
keeps going down too, right? And yep. we keep finding out that somebody forgot to turn something on and all of a sudden like they left the door open and now all that data is out there and, you know, in a place where it shouldn't be. So, you know, it's hard to ignore those situations. Like, was it yesterday? Microsoft 365 or two days ago, Microsoft 365 teams went down for, you know, a large you know, amount of uh, partners here in the U.S., clients in the U.S. So for, for hours. So nobody's immune, right? AWS or Google, no. or Azure, or whatever. I mean, everybody has a problem at some point. No doubt. And, and when we've been forward, we've been backing up M365 for quite some time. So there there has been those instances where they had to gather some information while there's been issues and or they were unfortunately compromised with a login. They can log into our portal because it's obviously a different location and, and get access to that information. Okay, cool. Um, the cost of security seems to be endless. Like, you know, we keep on having this balancing argument with, hey, we need multiple layers, but what's affordable? And I understand, you know, you know, compliance is one thing. I understand large company versus big company, right? But like, let's say that the majority of managed services, IT, you know, land, it, you know, I call it the sandbox, by the way, is like 200 employees and below. It's like the majority of the customers that are being serviced in that market. What's reasonable in terms of price? I know that's a very big question and it could be vague and it could be a little bit gray, but like, you know, I guess the right way to say it is price. What is the, the, the appropriate price factor in order to bring your risk down to a point where it's reasonable enough? That's probably the best way to say it. Yeah. I, and again, it's a big question, right? And I'm not trying to skirt it. And what I can tell you is we we spend a lot of time on enablement to try to take all of our products, even if we're not the builder of that product, maybe it's something that we just call is a firewall or whatever, and say, listen, we should build, this is what you should have. This is highly recommended. This is pristine. And then before they do their services contract, they explain exactly what this is going to do for them but you do have this risk. You don't have DR on. If we have to pull this data back, it could take between six and 12 hours or three days. Um, so as far as what's affordable, I, I mean, you know, as I'm a sales guy by heart, right? What's affordable is what, what the customer could pay for, right? So when you audit their pain, uh, understand their desires and look at their budget, you fit them into... Uh, your right service contract, which you, you obviously include, this is what it covers and this is what it doesn't cover. And oh, by the way, based on our experience as their trusted advisor, we've seen like companies not consider this and we've seen this happen, just so you're aware. So as far as um, the landscape, yeah, I mean, you got security vendors everywhere. And yeah, maybe, maybe money's slowing down a little bit in Wall Street, but it has slowed down, let's be honest. But you still got them everywhere. I mean, they're popping up day and left and right. You're still seeing big investment dollars. You see multiple people attack the same same problem. You said it before. You said, we're going to see consolidation. It's a, it's an, there's no doubt about it. And, and once you see the consolidation, you also see the price come down. I just hope that for all of our sakes, the MSPs, uh, the end customers' budgets continue to rise um, because unfortunately the, the news is going to drive behavior as it always does. And, and these attacks are endless. Um, so I wish I could say there's a magic number, but I think it's a variable on the organization um, and it's about their risk tolerance. Yeah. That is the big, 
underline bold, make it red, risk tolerance. I think that's the right word. Um, I wish there was a magic calculator out there, right? It's like, mm -hmm. hey, I have this many employees. And this is the industry they're in. And like, you know, like, here's what we say, think fits best, right? But I guess that's in the eye of the person that's pitch, you know, pitching the correct scenario for the end customer. But I guess pitching is not the right word, consulting, right? I mean, that's- It's only qualifying. Yeah. Like I can tell you from, you know, seeing my end customers and my enterprise deals, I, I hate to say it, but the biggest deals are the women that are, whoa, I lost my camera. Uh -huh. Your camera biggest, up on you. <laughs> the biggest deals, unfortunately, I hate to say it, is when the guy calls and said we had a massive ransomware attack. Like, yeah, that's unfortunate, little, but you're probably a little right. late, buddy. Um, but, um, you know, you that's that to your consulting, but also from a sales qualification perspective, they need to know the risks. They need to understand the risks. Um, and um, they got to make those tough decisions. I mean, but unless you can clearly articulate them, they don't know what they don't know. Fair. So let me ask you this question. And I know that it's weird, but I guess Microsoft kind of forced the agenda in, you know, in this category. So here it is. Like, so obviously we heard about NCE until like pretty much we were blue in the face, but they did create some interesting wrinkles where, like once somebody was locked into under the new NCE kind of structure in Microsoft, you really had to stay where you're at for the, whatever the term that you chose. You couldn't really move in between providers. So for example, let's say something's not going well. Hey, you know, this MSP, you know, uh, didn't work out. I'm looking for somebody else or IT service provider or whatever. You know, can I shift my stuff as the end user from one partner to the other without reinventing the wheel? What's Acronis's position on that? You know, what, how you handle your services in this scenario? We're Switzerland. <laughs> Back to what you asked me before. Integrity is very important in our business model. And what we do, I have to deal with a distributor, an MSP, could be a VAR, might be an IT reseller, and then an end customer. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, Acronis's brand is throughout. So we want to be respectful to the end user's desire. Is that perfect for every MSP? Might not be, but we also want to be honest and ethical. We have millions of customers with our consumer brand to our enterprise customers. And so we always, our partner account managers will reach out to our partner and say, listen, we have an end customer. I don't know if you've been notified, but they can came to us and want to switch their service. We always try and hope the MSP can resolve the situation with the end customer. Unfortunately, in the world we live in, we know that's not going to always happen. And then we request that the end user notifies us. And then obviously we we agree. Uh, we do not want to lock people into it. Um, the way we look at it is they're buying you guys. I mean, yeah, we're the, we're the tools in your belt, but they're buying you and how you respond to tickets. Now, could we mess you up? Sure, we could. You might submit a ticket and, you know, get a response fast enough and you call Greg, but... Um, at the end of the day, we want to be Switzerland. We want to be neutral. We want to be fair and ethical. Okay, that's, or at least that's the right the right answer. <laughs> we like we like fair and ethical, but I think communication, right? We've seen little bubbles up, um, including and in, and this is the other side of that coin. What about direct versus the partner? Right? I mean, that has yeah. happened across the ecosystem in many scenarios. Uh, great question. Um, I'm not going to name people that do that because you all know people that do that. Um, I've never seen a Cronus compete with a reseller. Uh, now 
can I say, and, and again, I hold myself on integrity. That's all I have in sales. If we have a large OEM deal with a major manufacturer and there's some sort of shared IP, we're not putting it through the channel. It's going to come direct to Acronis. But if it's an end customer that wants to buy our products and services and there's a reseller, it's going through that reseller. In fact, when we have the unpleasant experience where maybe two deal registrations or two sales requests come in, we try to be fair to both and say, you got to price it the same. We're not going to be biased. We're here to help you. But that goes through the channel. We don't have a direct end. In fact, our direct end user sales team, which I built a business plan for 2023, not funded yet, but hopefully gets out, is driving leads back to MSPs. Okay, so we're actually looking at it from the perspective of we signed 16,000 partners, want to get to 50,000 partners. We're growing at 50% year over year. How do we grow at 100%? We want to get customers to our partners is our next phase. So uh, we are all channel friendly and the reciprocation of leads and such. As we launch new products, we're going to ask you to consider those. And that's how we see a growing relationship um, and building the types of partnerships that will let us scale infinitely. Okay. Well, there's that answer. I had to ask, where do you see, like, let's, let's move three years out, right? Cause you've been in the industry for a long time. You went from the box, you know, the desktop, uh, you know, made server all the way to where we are today. Let's, let's just not even 30 years, 10 years. Let's just go three years. So that would be what? 2026. More MSPs out there or less? So I don't know your background, George, and hopefully one day we can sit and chat. My, you know, I was back in the web hosting days and the ISP days. I think this is an, it's a mirror image, in my opinion. I mean, we are exactly in that same phase. I'm watching it with my partners. I'm watching it with the cash influx. I'm watching it with the standardization of technologies. They're going to all roll up. There's going to be less MSPs. Is there still going to be a trusted provider local, regionally, and have foreign customers? Yes, and God bless them. Let them do a great job. But you're starting to see such money flow at national branding, enormous call centers, field, field sellers, um, and just the, the, the velocity of acquisitions. I, I firmly believe we are in that you know before GoDaddy state or before national telco state where there was regional little ISPs. Um, uh, but I think that, you know, in the nature of the economy we're in and, uh, or the capitalist economy, we're in that, that's positive for a lot of people, right? So um, I think there'll be less MSPs, but then you're going to have very vertical specific MSPs, okay? Because there's no doubt about it. There's so many different verticals and use cases that it's, it could blow your mind if you tried to whiteboard them. I'd be here forever that there's going to be certain people that are really good at certain things and they understand applications that are unique to a vertical and how to handle, manage, backup, DR plan, permissions. They know how to do that. So long story short, vertical, I mean, horizontal, less. Vertical, I think will grow a little bit. Okay. Good to know. So if you, so it sounds like you've been, you have a lot of partners of different sizes, right? Enterprise all the way down. So the people that you work with on the regular, are they seeing shorter cycles to add more clientele or is it taking longer in order to close new business? I heard, and, and this is just hearsay, I can't say it with uh, empirical data. They, they saw slowness at the end of last year. Um, deals pushing to this year, 
um, budget was allocated, but oh, let's wait and see till next year. As far as our consumption on the back end, we're not seeing a slowdown, but we are hearing our MSPs, unfortunately, which, you know, we need them to make money for us to make money. They might not opt for checking the backups. They might not opt for remediating uh, remediating the intrusion. They might not do the diagnosis. Like we are seeing some of the managed services contracts change a little bit. Um, Fortunately for Cronus, we still are seeing acceleration in volume, um, but you know we are here and talking to some of our large, you know, some of our partners. There, there is a feeling of uncertainty right now. I'm sure you've heard this from your other guests, and I think a lot of people are going to wait and see. I, I think I, I, I feel terrible. I would have Microsoft just announced a massive layoff yesterday. It did. Um, so, I mean, that was that, and then predates that's Amazon. I mean, you know. These people and their families, it stinks. But um, there's a there's a feeling of uncertain, right? So, um, okay. that's fair. So let's talk about that then. A lot of people on the street, a lot of big companies, you know, Wall Street cutting double digit people, right? So that sometimes squeezes staff on the internal ITs to have to learn a lot more things, right, than being specialized in a particular area. You know, where that's kind of the reverse in enterprise land, right? You're hired for a specific kind of specialty. In MSP land, you kind of need to be a jack of all trades because you're dealing with so many different technologies. How quickly can they pick up and learn it? Like, how difficult is it to, uh, to understand how, this, how your platform works and, like, properly put it out there without, you know, kind of like, you know, we've all seen, like, the half-baked deployment, right, of anything. Like, hey, I just plugged it in. It looked like it worked. I just don't know. How do I learn this? So we try we, we try to be very good with our, you know, we spent a lot of money to build up our enablement team, evangelist team, and certification team. Um, because of the multi-tier, multi-tenants, the single instantiation with no deployment requirements, we like to believe it's very easy. As we're seeing these layoffs, you know, sometimes that 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 also increases opportunity, right? So one of the big challenges we we're talking about 12 months ago is you can't hire fast enough for cybersecurity. I don't have the data, right, from the government yet of where these layoffs are coming, but it goes back to the other conversation we had, George, is that budget going to get cut? Because all I've seen is that budget go up, right? So uncertainty. Right. But from an Acronis tool set perspective, I, I, you know, we like to believe it's very easy with the integrations you can pull on our products and services. We have a mature training and certification program. Um, if we can't make your lives easier in supporting any type of workload or use case, you're not going to pick us. So um, even if the software, like you said, the half-baked deployment, I think that's hysterical because I think that's everybody, right? They, especially if it's a corporate employee yeah it worked and yeah the red lights on okay well what about the other settings there champ um so <laughs> we we try to make sure we provide the tools and thought leadership and uh, support partners need to make it easy i just i just i you know the question i wish i could answer is that cybersecurity budget going to change i mean these are massive organizations we'll see man we'll we'll see does a Cronus give a phone number out that partners can call and actually get a human being? That is a great question. A Cronus historically is not known for support. Now, I hope to God nobody at a Cronus is listening to this because I'll get fired and be calling for a job. 
it's something we've spent a lot of time and effort on improving. We've really ramped up our support organization. Yes, there's a phone number. In your partner portal, you can register a ticket. It is 24 by 7 for partners, for MSP partners. I want to be specific, not the consumer product or any $50 product. But for an MSP, you can call in. You can submit tickets online. Obviously, if you submit the tickets with the appropriate, if it requests log files or whatever, submit the ticket and call, you're going to get a faster resolution than calling and waiting while the guy troubleshoots it. But yes, all partners uh, have access to that line. There's also emergency lines. If you are in, and I don't want to waste all your time on the different levels of the partner program, but if you're in one of the tier partnerships, you also have a business account manager. And that business account manager can uh, escalate a ticket on your behalf if you're not getting the uh, the response you'd want to see in a timely fashion. Um, it's been a it's been one of the things as an organization we had to have a big boy conversation about and improve, and and I think we're getting there. Awesome. Well, that's good to know. You know, uh, I keep on bringing it up just because it's almost impossible to imagine. But like people going the other way, right? Frontier Airlines probably not the best airline out there. I digress. And they're like, oh, no, you can't call us anymore. There's no more phone number. You call our number. It says, please, please open up chat. So, <laughs> I mean, seems seems like not the best idea. Yeah, I just think we're in a business that somebody needs to answer the phone. <laughs> Unfortunately, when you need us, it's probably a reason that it's probably not better to call across sometimes, right? Because your business is probably going well. Uh, but we know DR situations happen. You know, we, we had some... During hurricane season, we had we had the systems tested a little bit. And then, you know, you guys know, especially the gentleman talking about on-prem hardware, they blow up an exchange server. You got to get that back quickly. Um, and so sometimes, you know, you do need that help or a, a way to optimize that data transport. Awesome. So, you know, I'm not trying to put a gun to your head, but Compared to the other options that MSPs have for backups, you mentioned a couple on this call. You said Datto, you said Veeam, I heard Veritas, although I think they're still around. Yeah. I think so. So, yeah. so we're like realistically, yeah, just I know you you said big words, integrity on this call. Where do you guys fit in that ecosystem? Are you do you feel like you're you're you know a, a very competitive, or do you feel like maybe you know some stuff's a little bit better than others? Like where do you fit in the landscape? So we would like to believe that, and again, I will not discredit competitors not happening, but we feel that we're we're neck to neck with that all right now. Do they have some products that we do not have on the networking side? Undoubtedly. Have they made, or Kasei, I should say, have they rolled up some IP that we might not have? 100%. But our platform has been built ground up. So I'm a software guy. I, you know, also when I was way back when with the, the other stuff, I also sold website design tools after front page. So this core code we have is built ground up. We're not going to patch together code, right? So when you look at our ability to scale with innovation and R&D, it's going to be impressive. We have a monthly release cycle right now. Some people that scares the heck out of, but we've been doing it for two years now. Um, and we're going to continue to add features and functions. We have a partner advisory board that we take feedback seriously. If you tell me you need this tomorrow, are you going to get it? Nope, not going to get it, but we're going to listen and we're going to put it into the queue and we're going to understand what you have to say. Then we'll work to the goal. If we can't get it in your timeline, we're going to be honest with you. 
but from where we see ourselves in the market for backup and data security, uh, we, we like to believe we're right there, if not leading edge. Um, from a pricing perspective, it's going to be much more economical. Um, the reason for it is we're consumption-based. You only pay for what you use. You don't have multi-year contracts. Uh, we're also one entity, again, not discrediting, just saying we're, we're Cronus from the core up, right? The code and employees, right? So you got one unified front with the organization, uh, and we still have plenty of capital to grow. Um, and we're going to grow aggressively with the security portfolio. We're, we're very close to, you know, we have patch management. We can pull up, push out cyber scripting. We're adding applications daily. I mean, take a look, guys. You know, I, I know this is cheesy, but it, it sells itself. Uh, get a demo, take a look. Um, we don't take on partners unless they do a POC, because at the end of the day, a partner for three months is useless to us. So. We want partners for years to come. You can have a free trial. Um, you'll see the differences. And yes, there's going to be some features there that they have that we don't have, but we're going to have other features they have, we have that they don't have. And, and hopefully when you look at the entire equation with the relationships with the partner account managers, the support organization, the pricing and the vision, uh, I think a lot of people will be surprised at what they said. Because to your point before, a lot of people don't know us for anything but true image and and and, and backup. Now I go to so many it's trade shows; true. it's crazy. I'm like, what? What'd you say? Oh, I used you for disk director. I don't even know what disk director is, but thank you. I appreciate your business. So we got a lot of work to do in the vertical and, and getting our name out there. We're going to be at every trade show this year. It, it's quite honestly ridiculous how much traveling. Uh, so we're going to push real aggressively to get our name out there non-pressure sales motion give it a whirl and um we feel confident we're going to do we're going to do good things here in the next two to three years awesome where do they go to get that free trial or where do they go to get more information so obviously i don't know if you could share my information feel free to reach out sure. to me directly um but you can go to acronis.com and under acronis cyber protect cloud you can see a free trial you sign up for a free trial you're going to get eventually get a call and such you want to reach out to me and you're interested in the program, I'll get you set up with the sales engineer. Take a look, let us know. And then, you know, I just thank you for taking a tour. I, I think you'll, you'll like what you see. Awesome. That's exciting. You guys got a lot of cool things happening. I think that's the, that's the uphill battle, right? The education factor, right? Hey, we're more than just where we started, which is, um, which is a good story. Um Greg, I really appreciate you for jumping on for everyone. We recorded this session because, you know, everybody always asks. We'll post it on mspinitiative.com under sessions. We'll also send it out, um, you know, like we do uh, weekly when we, we kind of package the last two or three and send them out to everyone. So you have uh, a place where you can go rewind. And like you got to write down what Greg said. I'm sure some people actually do this, Greg. They go back and be like, at, two, at 22 minutes and 30 seconds, Greg said this. I can't find it. And I'm like. Let's call, let's call Greg. Let's find out. You guys, uh, you can reach out to me. I mean, they all, they're on my team or another team and I'm happy to be the uh, delegate. So I look forward to any communication. Awesome. Well, we're going to see you guys out on the road. Guys, thanks for joining us. Remember, yes, we do thank these you. Tuesdays, Thursdays, one o'clock Eastern time. Greg, I'm going to take you up on that beer. Don't worry. If I have to wait <laughs> till the, the next Acronis conference, I'll find you. Um, but hopefully before that. Um, otherwise, uh, hopefully see you out there soon, guys. Uh, check back with us Tuesdays, Thursdays, and don't, don't hesitate to uh, reach out if you have any questions, mspinitiative.com. Catch you guys on the flip side. Greg, again, thanks for joining.
Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Have a good one.